Next Level Fam, Pastor Deshaun here. I'm excited to bring week two of Unleashed. Today's message is called Bay, Where You At? I'll explain in a second. If you're single or if you know somebody that is single and uh, struggling, well, I have some good news. I have some hope for you. And I have a strategy from God that I want to share with you that I believe is going to encourage you. I wonder what kind of person you are if you're a single person. Maybe you're waiting for your man of God or your woman of God and you're waiting for God to personally deliver your life partner to you through heaven's prime services. But it looks like there's a delay and you're getting impatient. What do you do when you've tried everything and nothing is working out when it comes to finding a life partner? Or you might be single and ready to mingle and having flings in the springs and flirt to convert, maybe trying to get uh, into coughing season 
during the winter because like it seems like everybody's getting into a relationship and you're longing for companionship and uh, your family started pressuring and asking for grandchildren so what do you do what's surprising is that all your ugly friends are getting married and remarried but you can't even go on a single meaningful date oh you're tired of tinkering with tinder and now you started to slow fade as you lost interest in that match i'm wondering if you're looking for that person who has the wifey material hubby material who can cook and clean and be good with the kids and intelligent and financially stable and whatever else you might be wishing in a lifelong partner well ladies here's a fatherly advice if you put up thirst traps on your social media you're going to get some thirsty comments okay regardless of your intention in posting those pics and you know what i'm talking about ladies have told me oh i always end up with the wrong guy maybe you're sending the wrong messages i'm not judging just making a fatherly comment here take it or leave it a serious question is how do you find a life partner when you've tried it all and nothing has worked last week i talked to you about how tithing could break sexual sins today i'd like to present to you that fasting can help you find your life partner all right stick with me okay i want to explore a a powerful story from the bible that demonstrate the power of fasting for a partner the power of stepping out in faith and the astounding blessings that come with that when we look at the world traditionally and culturally people got married early that's why your parents they nag you by saying oh you know at your age i was married with children uh and we love after we get married nowadays young people are getting older and not getting married and parents are freaking out so i can relate to the struggle on both sides uh that <laughs> you're going through not everyone is called for singlehood like paul some people desire to get married but there's no one to marry and what do you do and this problem is worse among christians cuz uh, the criteria is tighter right you have standards you have expectations and uh, it's not only hard to be a christian but to find another christian who is suitable to be a life partner it is tough and then there's the challenges of divorce and single parenting and the worldly culture Uh, affecting traditional values and all of the struggles that come with that this problem is mostly felt by women the harsh reality is the ratio is five women for every available man that's good news for men but it can create trauma and stress for the ladies but there are also men struggling to find a wife the natural process boy meets girl falls in love gets married have kids etc that has been interrupted by worldly culture by sin by the circumstances that we face and for many single people what they need is not a mate but what they need is a miracle and maybe that's you today maybe you literally need the divine intervention of god to address the problem that you're going through when it comes to relationship because the natural processes are not working for you and it seems to be only getting worse am i right type amen in the chat right now then may i suggest to you fasting and praying for a life partner i want to encourage those who are single especially and those who have single people in your family or your maybe your friends are single if you know someone who's struggling with being single and they desire to be married 
send them the link to this message right now. Because it's hard to be single nowadays. And it's even harder to be a Christian single. But let's see what the Bible says about this. Genesis 24 verses 31 to 33. I'm reading from the voice translation. It goes like this. Come in, please. You who are blessed by the Eternal One, don't stand outside. I have prepared the house for guests and have a place for the camels. The servant did exactly as Laban asked. When they arrived at the house, Laban unloaded the camels, gave the man straw and feed for his camels, and gave him enough fresh water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who traveled with him. Then food was prepared and set in front of him to eat. The servant says, I will not eat until I tell you why I am here. It's powerful right there. The servant is saying, I will not satisfy my body until I've seen my prayer answered. That's powerful. He he makes a statement of denying the flesh because this servant needed a miracle. He's on a mission. He wants to find a partner for, for Isaac. And so he was on a divine mission there. Abraham is concerned that his son Isaac is not married yet. If you're between the ages of 20 to 40, single and looking, don't feel that bad because Isaac is a 40-year-old man who is not married. He has not found the right wife. The right partner has not come along yet. So don't lose hope. So Abraham is upset because it looks like another insurmountable roadblock for him, for his life, for his future, uh, from God fulfilling this amazing promise of giving more descendants that he can count. Remember earlier how God promised him that nations will come from Abraham? When you need a breakthrough, when the normal processes do not work, and you need a miracle, fasting and praying is the way to go. Amen? Desperate times call for desperate measures. Extreme faith produces extreme results. If you're going to fast for a life partner... Here are the four things I want to share with you today that you need to include in your fasting. All right, I hope you're going to take notes. And as you're waiting for God's best for you, you need to listen carefully. I'm not saying that uh, this is the only way to find a partner. God is almighty. You are unique. Your situation is unique. And God can move in amazing and mighty ways and exclusive ways and mysterious ways to meet your need. And God is not going to pick a person and tell you that you should marry them. Maybe on rare occasion. But for the majority of the time. Because if God picks your partner and if something goes wrong, you're going to blame God. Even if the fault is on you and you acted a, acted like a fool, didn't put in the hard work into the relationship and you mess it up, you're still going to blame God. You're going to say, God, you gave me that woman. Right? So don't search for the one also because that's too much pressure. Become the one. Become the person that God wants you to be. In a nutshell, that's the secret. But applying the next steps and the principles that I'm going to share with you is going to help you to come into the center of God's will for your life. Amen. So I hope you're ready because God wants to lead you and he has a plan for you. He has prepared something beautiful for you. From my years of experience, I've concluded that God will give you choices from a set of people that he approves. Right. God has given you the luxury of choosing. Because he's a good father and he loves you. He wants you to choose to love him. And and he wants you to choose to love another person. 
out of your own free will. Otherwise, it's not love. He wants you to choose who you want to fall in love with from the set of people that he approves. That's the key. From the set of people that he approves. You might be wondering, how do you fast to find a life partner? Good question. We're going to talk about that right now. Number one, fasting for a partner involves commitment to God. Fasting for a partner involves commitment to God. Abraham calls his servant to be sent out to find a wife for his son. Genesis 24, 2 and 3 says, Abraham said to his oldest servant, who was in charge of everything he owned, put your hand under my leg. Make a promise to me before the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. Don't get a wife for my son from the Canaanite girls who live around here. Instead, go back to my country, to the land of my relatives, and get a wife for my son Isaac. Abraham is making his servant promise before the Lord. He recognized that finding the right wife for his son was going to take God's help. Maybe you're in a situation right now and you're like, God has to show up and help me right now. And that's the condition. That's the situation. Abraham finds himself. Promise me before the Lord. It's a covenant. God has made a promise. God has given, made a covenant to Abraham that he would make Abraham into a father of many nations. It's a covenant. But the problem is, how is that going to happen? How is that possible if Abraham's son doesn't have a wife? Abraham is wondering about God's program. Are you wondering about God's program for your life? Many people get married for many reasons, but sometimes their reasons are not connected to the kingdom of God at all. He says he wants a wife who will fulfill the covenantal promise of God. In, in today's language, that, that would mean that we're saying that he wants a wife so that he can have a Christian home. I want a partner so that I can present the kingdom of God on my street. He connected the miracle to the program of God. He wasn't just looking for a companion. There's nothing wrong with that. There was something greater on the line. God and God's program. I say any donkey can get married. I mean, apologies. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say any monkey can get married. But don't forget about God and His program for your life. In other words, His purpose and His plans for your life. If you want to get God as you fast and pray, then tell God what He's going to get out of the partnership that He brings to you. Tell God how this supernatural blessing of a partner will do something for His kingdom. Because you and your partner are committed to God. Abraham's servant had to promise. He had to take an oath of commitment. Then Abraham says in verse 3, not to find a Canaanite girl. That narrows the field. Verse 4. Instead, go back to my country, to the land of my relatives, and get a wife for my son. He narrows the field. Why would you narrow the field? Isn't that counterproductive? If you want God involved in this, then you must meet His criteria. Why not marry the Canaanites? It meant not to be unequally yoked with sinners. 2 Corinthians 6, 14-16 Don't develop partnerships with those who are not followers of Jesus' teaching. For what real connection can exist between righteousness and rebellion? How can light participate in darkness? What harmony can exist between the anointed and Satan? Do the faithful and the faithless have anything in common? 
Can the temple of God find common ground with idols? Don't you see that we house the temple of the living God within us? Remember when he said, I will make my home with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Listen to me. If you want a miracle from God in locating a life partner, you get on your knees. You humble yourself during fasting and praying and you say, God, I'm committed to you and I'm so committed to you and I want you involved in this process. That I want you to know that I will not get into a relationship with a non-Christian. What you're doing when you say that is you're narrowing the field. All right, viewers are dropping like flies. Maybe this message is not for you, but it's for somebody. And I'm here to bring hope and healing and the love of Jesus to somebody today. I'm not everybody's pastor, but I'm somebody's pastor. And somebody needs to hear this message so that they can find fresh hope in Jesus. Because God is doing something in your life. Many of you single people are facing so much pressure and frustration and loneliness. And you've been tempted to settle and compromise with a non-Christian knowing that it's against the standard of God. But if I was to sit down and talk to you, I'm sure you would explain that the reason why you considered or or did that was not to disobey God, but those non-believers seem to be the only people available. They were the only ones giving you attention, willing to take you on a date, spending money on you and pursuing you. So the temptation is to lower your standards in order to meet your need. When you do it God's way, you up your standards in order to meet your need. Abraham says, don't compromise with the Canaanites. Why? Because the Canaanites, they serve a different God. Small g. They have different standards. And so it's going to clash. Let me tell you a story. A man met a gorgeous girl at the airport. He says to her, Mmm, Gyaldem, Gyal, you're so fine. I want to make you mine. Be my valentine. Why are you alone, bae? With your beauty, it should be a crime to travel all alone, really. She's like, what? The man goes on. In the airport, I am willing to let all my personal feelings fly towards you, bae. I don't care what gate I will board at the airport as long as I am close enough to you, bae. Gyal, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? She's like, shut the front door. What you want? He asks her, where are you flying, bae? She said, Jamaica. He said, well, I'm going to Toronto. Toronto. Why don't we get on the same plane and get to know each other a little better, bae. That's an impossible request. Why? They were going in two different directions. You can't fly together unless you are going in the same direction. You cannot fly together unless you're going to the same destination. A non-Christian is on their way down. If you know Jesus, then you're on your way up. You can't fly together. It's a different destination. It's opposite direction. Yes, that narrows the field. It limits your choices. Yes, I get it. When you can't marry the Canaanites. When you can't just marry anybody. However, it expands the field if God is doing the picking. Don't underestimate God. To my JDM fans, 
It's like taking a Honda engine and dropping it into a Ford F-150. It won't work because the systems are incompatible. The non-Christian is natural and the Christian is spiritual. When you try to combine those two into one machine called marriage, it won't work. Incompatible systems. Yes, that really limits your choices. But it gets God's attention. Anything you sacrifice for God, He is the rewarder of your faith. First principle, unshakable commitment to God. No matter what, no negotiation, no compromise. You stay committed even though you have no idea when God is going to do it. You have no idea how God is going to do it. So in the passage here, Abraham is saying, I'm going to trust God to do it for the sake of his covenant. Because God has a plan. He has a purpose. Even though my boy is 40 years old, virgin and single, I'm not going to lower my standard. God has spoken. He has given a promise. God has a future and a hope for me, for my family, for my son, for the future. Number two, fasting for a partner involves confidence in God. Turn to your neighbor, put it in the chat. Confidence in God. Genesis 24, 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, brought me from the home of my father and the land of my relatives and he promised me, I will give this land to your descendants. The Lord will send his angel before you to help you get a wife for my son there. If you follow God, he's going to lead you to your partner. Put an amen. I don't know who it is. I don't know where they are. But if you trust God, he will not let you down. All I know is that the Lord will lead you. And you must cooperate. What does Abraham assure his servant of? Number one, there will be a divine guidance. As the servant goes out. Number two, as you step out in faith, looking for a wife for Isaac, God will supply. He's Jehovah Jireh. Do you not think that the God who created this limitless universe with his word is not capable of helping you find someone who finds you amazing? Do you think God is not capable of bringing somebody who laughs at your dumb jokes? Do you think God is not capable of bringing somebody who, who enjoys your weird quirks and finds you fascinating? If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. <laughs> she laughs at my jokes. Single people. When you leave this online experience today, I want you to leave with the confidence that if you make the commitment to God, an unshakable commitment, and walk in faith, not by sight, God has somebody for you. He will lead you to a suitable partner that you can choose. I don't know where, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God will lead you and you will meet your mate. But I do know this, that when you walk with commitment and confidence in God, He will supply what you need. Then you walk with your head up, not down. Remember, you are the child of God. You have so much to offer. It doesn't matter what your ex said. You are valuable. Don't downgrade yourself. A good question might be, how do we know that the servant had faith? Because he didn't stay home. Many of you receive promises and, and prophecies and you just stay home and do nothing. How do we know our faith is real? Is when we do something with what God has spoken. Instead of sitting and asking God, tell me more, tell me more. Just do the one thing that he told you to do. His faith was exercised. 
The servant's faith was exercised. He began the process of looking for the leading of God. Listen carefully. There is nothing wrong with looking for the leading of God. Looking for the leading of God. The Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. You can't find stuff that you aren't looking for. Look for the leading of God. But if you are committed to God, you won't be looking in the club. You don't need to go find an ace at the club. Because you can't hang out with the Canaanites. Looking for the leading of God. That means letting God lead you. Living your best Christian life and and you're open to God's movement in your life. You wake up in the morning with purpose and you say, God, what do you want me to do today? What, Lord, use me. I'm your servant. Who do you want me to talk to? Where do you want me to go? Use me as your vessel. How do we know he had confidence that God was going to lead him? Because his life was full of prayer. How's your prayer life? Remember, fasting always goes together with prayer. Fasting and praying is, 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 is powerful together. His life was full of communication with God. Verse 12, the servant said, Lord, God of my master Abraham, allow me to find a wife for his son today. Please show this kindness to my master Abraham. And said, Blessed is the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. The Lord has been kind and truthful to him and has led me to my master's relative. So relatives here, now don't get it twisted. He's not telling you to marry your relatives. It's people who are like-minded, people who have the same God as you, the same spiritual values as you. He prayed specifically. Verse 13 and 14. This is important. Here I am, standing by the spring, and the girls from the city are coming out to get water. I will say to one of them, Please put your jar down so I can drink. Then let her say, Drink, and I will also give water to your camels. If that happens, I will know she is the right one for your servant Isaac, and that you have shown kindness to my master. He didn't say, Lord, bless me with the woman somewhere around here, it wasn't vague. May it be that when I go to the well and the ladies show up to get their daily water and I say to the ladies that, that show up, please give me a drink. May the woman who you choose, Lord, for Isaac, not only offer to give water to me, but also offer to take care of my camels. In other words, he got real specific. How are your prayers? Are they specific? He didn't want to miss a thing. Not just settle for anyone who might treat him nice or look pretty. He got down. The servant we're talking about, he went into great details. Lord, here's the one I want. I know God works in mysterious ways. And in my young years, I made a list and I couldn't really make up my mind. I'm like, God, give me a girl uh, with a with nose not too big, not too small, but a perfect nose. Uh, God, give me a girl with eyes not too big, not too small. God, give me... And I'm like, bro, you don't even know what you want. Why are you asking God? Is So I tore up my list and I said, God, whoever you approve for me, I want to meet that person. Of course, there was pain and it was a journey. But in the end, God outdone all of my expectations. God provided for me more than what I could have imagined. So that's my story. I tore up my list. But maybe you've never written a detailed list for God. So maybe you might want to give that a try. You've tried everything else, right? And it didn't work. Why don't you get specific with God? 
as you get older, you figure out exactly what kind of person you want in your life. And maybe you went through a breakup or divorce or whatnot. So you know exactly what kind of person you don't want. But what do you want? You know. So if you know exactly what you're looking for, have you made your list yet? Don't go to God with vague prayers. Have you sat down and said, Lord, here's what I want. This is the kind of person I want in my life. This is the kind of character I want them to have. This is who I'm looking for. Don't be afraid to get specific with God. He can handle it. The servant could have made excuses. Oh, I don't know where I'm going to go. This is too hard of a task. And uh, maybe I should just stay vague. Maybe, maybe sometimes that might work. But if it didn't, get specific. But the servant said, no way. I'm dealing with God. I'm going to get real specific. I'm going to lay down exactly what I want. I'm going to be precise. My wife told me, that she was praying for me before she knew me. I knew I loved you before I met you. I'm not, I'm not going to get cheesy. But she told me that uh, she told God exactly what she wanted. Some rare qualities that she wanted in her husband. And then I came along. Just you over here. I'm good. I'm good. So don't be afraid to get specific with God. And the Bible says we do not have because we do not ask. The servant that we're talking about, he asked God for the woman to do something uncommon because it was an act of faith. Faith is not some goosebumps you feel Sunday morning. It's not some random fickle feelings. Faith writes it down on paper. This is what I want, God. God is sovereign. He has the right to give you something different or even better most of the time. But you still take it to him and tell him what you want. Don't do general prayers. Oh Lord, bless me today. No, get specific. God is shrugging his shoulders and he's like, what the heck do you mean, son? Why are you praying vague prayers when I can do miracles and move mountains for you? When you have an all-powerful dad, why are you just being like, I want my kids to talk to me specifically, not vague. Verse 27, the servant thanks the Lord in a specific way for guiding him in a specific way. In that specific situation that led him to that specific person. Fasting and prayer is not for the average Christians who want general stuff. Or the people that seek the Lord for the hand of God instead of the heart of God. But for people who want God to break through in their lives. For people who want God to break through in their relationships. In their future. So that there's no question when that need is met, when that blessing comes through, you know without a doubt that it is God who did it. When David slayed Goliath, you know without a doubt that this unqualified boy who was rejected, that God was with him. God can lead you when you are walking by faith. It's like, a look at it this way, a surfer catching a wave. The surfer paddles out, they, they, they get on their surfboard when the wave is coming in. Then they balance themselves and all they do is position themselves. That's it. If they position themselves right, then the wave then takes over. And and the wave moves them to the shoreline. They just have to position and balance themselves. When you are committed to God and when you step out on faith, you are positioning yourself. 
so that the wave of God's will can carry you in the direction He wants you to go. You might say, Psh, I don't need this. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, that's why you don't like the one you caught right now. That's why you are not happy in your relationships. Pause for effect. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I want my fish. Would anyone say that today? I want the one that God approves. Yes, there's plenty of fish in the sea, but I don't know which fish is going to work for me. I don't know which fish is approved by God. Some single people look real compatible and amazing up front. When you're dating them, they're on their best, you know, performance. But then you marry them and then you're like, where's the undo button? Where's the undo button? You, you, you're like, just leave me alone. Recently, a husband was saying to me that he doesn't know what happened to his wife. Because she was fine when they were dating and when they were engaged. But as soon as they got married, it's like a switch got flicked. And she ain't the same. You think you caught a nice rare salmon, but it's actually a piranha that is killing you. Fast and pray. Trust God to bring your life partner. Or at least let God lead you to potential partners that you can have the luxury of choosing from and choosing to love as your life partner. Point number three, fasting for a partner involves character before the Lord. What did the servant ask her? He asked her for water. And the one who says, I'll also feed the camels, I will know she is the one. Why did he ask that? Verse 15 to 20. Before the servant had finished praying, Rebecca came out of the city. Rebecca was carrying her water jar on her shoulder. She was very pretty, a virgin. She had never had sexual relations with the man. She went down to the spring and filled her jar, then came back up. The servant ran to her and said, Please, give me a little water from your jar. Rebecca said, Drink, sir. She quickly lowered the jar from her shoulder and gave him a drink. After he finished drinking, Rebecca said, I will also pour some water for your camels. So she quickly poured all the water from her jar for the camels. Then she kept running the well until she had given all the camels enough to drink. If you want to find the right person, you got to be the right person. You can't be compromising. You can't be a part-time Christian and asking God for a partner who, who, who is in revival, but you can't even find your Bible. You look for some superhero in faith but then you're like a zero in faith if you want to find the right person then you must be becoming the right person i want to show you four things about this woman's character number one she was a virgin there's an old proverb that says why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free there are men who don't want to get married to you because why would they when they can get all the benefits of marriage from you without getting married to you? Use your unagi. Rebecca was committed to moral purity. She wasn't compromising sexually. There was no hookups. There was no FWBs. You know what I'm saying? Until she found the right one. She preserved. She, she saved herself. 
She was not sleeping around. She wasn't messing around and hoping that one of the men she slept with would ask her to, to marry him. She was a beautiful woman, but still she waited for the Lord's timing. You can't ask God to lead you to your life partner if you're swimming in the mud and have no standards and, and, and just do whatever you want and then expect God to just bless you. Remember that you are a daughter of the King of Kings. You are a son of the Almighty God. So behave like one. You got value. You're not a piece of cloth that is to be used and abused and thrown away. You deserve honor. You deserve respect because your dad is the King of Kings. You are valued. Two, she was kind. She offered to feed the camels and him. She's a sharing person. She's not selfish. She's like, I'll give you my water. She's not like, hey, get your own. Or like a woman who would be like cooking for herself and the husband is starving. He wanted the kind of woman who was going to be kind. That's why he asked her. Number three, she was industrious. You know, camels can drink 25 gallons of water a shot. Servant has 10 camels. That's a lot of work. And she wasn't intimidated. She's not the, the soap opera kind of woman. She's not the young and the useless kind of woman. As the world turns and the food burns kind of woman. No. She's the real deal. She's industrious. She's productive. She's not lazy. But she's a hard worker. He didn't have to beg her to feed the camels. If you're dating or if you're married to someone, listen to me carefully. If you're married, okay, why not write down what you'd like to see changed in your partner's life? Because nagging is not working, right? So write down. If you're married, if you're in a relationship, write down what you expect God to do in them. Do you hear me? This message is not just for the singles. It's for people that are engaged and married as well. What you don't like, what is not right in your partner's life, write it down specifically and give it to God. Don't make a list and go shove it in their face. Give it to God while you're fasting and praying. Nagging doesn't work. Prayer works. Four, she was hospitable. Verses 23 and 25. You can feel comfortable with this beautiful lady. She welcomes you. She doesn't irritate you. She's pleasant. That's a nice quality to have, being pleasant. So the servant says, this is the woman of character. Fasting for a partner involves confirmation by God. The servant goes to a place and refuses to eat until the matter is resolved. Then explains in verse 34 onwards the story that led him to her house. That God was in the process of working this out. And when they hear the story, because they also believe the same thing. Remember? Verse 50, 51. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is clearly from the Lord. And we cannot change what must happen. Rebecca is yours. Take her and go. Let her marry your master's son as the Lord has commanded. Wow. In other words, when the Lord is in it, when God's hand is in it, somebody else is also going to see it. You're going to have multiple confirmation about this relationship. If you are the only person that sees that she's the right one, something is wrong. You always want other people who love God, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, to also confirm your relationship. Especially your family members who are in the Lord. You know, don't keep it a secret. Share it with them. Be honest. It would be great for you to also let your pastors know. Keep them in the loop so they can pray you through it. And don't just come when things are falling apart. Look for confirmation by other people who love the Lord as a way of confirming to you that... This is the right person.
So, the family confirmed it. The circumstance also confirmed it. Camels and all of that and how they met at the well. Everything is falling into place. There's no direct word or prophecy or thunder and lightning from God in this story. There's nothing unusual in the circumstances in the story. This is the quiet leading of God. Remember that. The quiet leading of God. Sometimes God may do something outstanding and loud with thunder and lightning. But in this story, it was the movement of the walking. It was the movement of the living that the connections happened. Nothing grand outwardly happened. But something divine happened. In the believing, in the walking, in the trusting in the Lord. My wife and I met unexpectedly. Some of you know the story. I'm not going to get into the details. But we met while we were serving God individually. And everything fell into place quickly, peacefully. And over time, we discovered how God started to mesh our lives together, our paths together, even before we met, as we both were walking with God. It's in the movement of the walking. It's in the movement of the living. When God is in it, it works out. No matter the opposition, it works out. And you can see the fruits that the relationship bears. Rebecca said yes to Isaac without even meeting him. But because she knew God was in it, she said she will go. Verse 63 to 67. Isaac is meditating in the evening, spending time with God. 40-year-old virgin, unmarried, but spending time with God. One evening, when he went out to the field to think... He looked up and saw camels coming. Rebecca also looked and saw Isaac. Man, you can imagine a Bollywood scene right here. You know, running behind the trees. Then she jumped down from the camel and asked the servant, Who is that man? Who is that fine person walking in the field to meet us? The servant answered, That's my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. The servant told Isaac everything that had happened. Then Isaac brought Rebekah into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and she became his wife. Isaac loved her very much. What a beautiful love story. God is knitting together a beautiful story for you. This is love before first sight because God was fully involved in it and prepared it all. Ruth committed herself to God and Naomi. Then while she was working in the field, keyword. While she was working in the field, Boaz walked into her life while she was working in her purpose. So as you are working in God's purpose, while you're working in it, God is going to do something supernatural. God supernaturally gave Ruth Boaz. Now, let me give you some biblical advice. Okay. Ruth patiently waited for her life partner, Boaz. Okay. Boaz. While you're waiting on your Boaz. Don't settle for any of his relatives. Brokas, poas, lionas, cheating as, dumb as, drunk as, cheap as, locked up as, good for nothing as, lazy as, and especially his third cousin beating your ass. Don't settle for any of those as. Wait on your boas and make sure he respects your as. Amen. There's no ah woman. The Bible tells us that laughter is a is a good medicine. After I just read that for you, I'm sure you had a good laugh. Your broken heart is healed now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's okay to have a little bit of fun, right? 
True story as I land this plane. A few Christian men were driving to a conference when they picked up a homeless hitchhiker and that hitchhiker was also going to that same conference. The homeless uh, person got in the car and shared about his life story and how he was a Christian, then walked away from God and lost his family and haven't seen his family in over 10 years. And during this car ride and through the conference, the homeless man rededicated his life to Jesus. At the end of the conference, the, the man asked him what he wanted to do now. The man said, uh, well, I was thinking to go to Alabama because I brought my banjo on my knee. I want. I need to go to Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Uh, I want to try to make things right with my family and get my life back on track. So these men uh, that got to know him, they shouted in the crowd. They said, hey, is anybody going to Alabama? A random guy from over there said, uh, yeah, I'm going to Alabama and uh, I'm, okay. I'm happy to take this homeless man with me. Uh, I, I would appreciate some company. So this random guy said, okay, to take, take this homeless guy for uh, driving to Alabama. So the homeless guy got in the car with this younger man and they're driving to Alabama. During the ride, the homeless guy shares to this young man about his life story from Arkansas. The young man says, oh, that's funny because I'm from Arkansas too. They exchange information and halfway between Dallas and Alabama, he has discovered his own son is driving him home. Oh man. I love stories like that. This is a true story. That's the supernatural, sovereign moving of God. God wants to move like that in your life. He's orchestrating beautiful things for you. I know you're tired of waiting and it's difficult to wait, but you don't need to follow the world's ways of finding a partner. Just raise your spiritual antennas so that you can pick up the God network and you can jump into the center of God's will for your life. So you're ready, you're aligned to go where God wants you to go. Maybe you're in a hurry. Maybe you're getting older. The clock is ticking. Don't rush. God is the pilot of your life. Trust Him. Wait on Him. He will not disappoint. Get specific with God. If you're looking for a life partner, fast and pray until the miracle happens. God is never too late. God is never too early, but he's always on time. Amen. If you're far away from God, I want to give you an invitation to welcome Jesus as your personal savior. During this message, maybe you agreed with some of the things I said, maybe you didn't. But at the end of the day, we have a loving father. God came in the form of a human like you and I. He was born on this earth, but he took on our sins and he died once and for all shedding his blood. So that you and I can be forgiven. And Jesus, his, his heart breaks for you. Because he doesn't want you to try to figure this life alone. He is there for you as a loving father. And he's not there pointing his finger to judge you. But his arms are open to welcome you and embrace you. I don't know what you're going through. But the best decision you can make is to welcome Jesus as your personal savior. Jesus loves you unconditionally. So if today you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, your personal savior, then I'm going to give you an invitation. On the count of three, you'll see a button on your screen if you're watching us live and it says, raise a hand. On the count of three, I want you to click that because there's something happening internally and you need to express that externally. And it's all anonymous. We don't know who you are unless you contact us, which we hope uh, you will because we do want to help you in this journey. So I want to pray for you. But before that, on the count of three. One, choose Jesus as your personal savior. Two, 
He died for your sins so that you can be forgiven, so that you can have a future and a hope. And three, He loves you unconditionally. Click that button right now. Raise a hand right now. Click it. Yes, 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 yes. And so I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation and uh, repeat after me, okay? Because uh, God is a gentle God and He wants uh, your permission. Lord Jesus, I give my heart to you. I believe you are God, that you died for my sins and that you rose again on the third day. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me by your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. My life is no longer my own, but I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. I also want to pray for those who are struggling to stay single or struggling to find a partner or maybe you had a breakup or a divorce and you're wondering um, how to move forward. Well, I'm here to tell you God has a future for you. Amen. And I want to pray for you right now specifically. Go ahead and put your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person whose heart is broken, whose hope is broken. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just overflow in their hearts, that God, that your love would be so real, that their minds would be renewed as they study your word, and that they will know that you're a good father who has a wonderful plan and a purpose and a future for them. Lord, I pray that you would lead their steps so that they can find suitable partners that they can choose from. That God, that in the way we study your word today, that you would miraculously and amazingly lead them so that they can build a godly home, a Christian home, where they can be fruitful and multiply and raise children and have dominion over the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. Until next time, this is Pastor Deshaun. loving it such a great and timely message for 2021 unleashed well it's been fun fam it's been so great to tune in with you all of you guys but it's time for me to say goodbye just remember that you guys can give at any time and you guys can reach us at any time and just remember most importantly god's hand is never too short have a great week y'all see you next week